0: Welcome to the Semantic Mastery Podcast, where we answer SEO and digital marketing questions with guest experts from around the globe that will help you increase traffic, conversions, and revenue. If you'd like to get your question featured on a podcast episode, visit semanticmastery.com slash humpday and follow the instructions there. Okay, let's get started.
1: Our very important person today is Eric Christopher. You might also know him as Erock. Um, so He's been an entrepreneur for over, well, nearly two decades, and you might know him from several different areas. I'm going to let him talk a little bit about himself uh, after we do the introduction, but I believe, Bradley, you first met Eric at uh, the SEO Rockstars, right?
0: Well, I met him in person there. I, I, I've known of e or Eric for a long time because um, he did some training. I think he was also a student of Ivan Budimir many years ago, and Eric, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but then you ended up collaborating with uh, Ivan on some different projects, and so you became kind of a mentor to me as well by uh, by proxy because you were with Ivan. And Ivan, I've, I've said this many many times publicly, but Ivan Budimir had the most influence on my career as a local marketer, um, hands down. So uh, you know, again, I've got much respect for both Ivan, and Eric. Good deal. Um, and I'm just going to mention
2: this
1: because uh, I think people might know Eric from different places, but localbusinessrockstar.com or Biz Famous Media Group. Um, and then, Eric, I, can you tell everyone just a little bit about how you got started online, a little bit of your background? I think you could tell it better than than any one of us could. No, I think you could do a better job. Out it. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs>
3: Um so yeah, first of all I want to say thanks for inviting me on and and I really appreciate it and I'm honored that you guys have had me on and congratulations on coming up on four years. Uh that's an impressive feat that uh, a lot of people aren't able to do. So congratulations to you guys on that. Um, Brad, thank you for the kind words. Um so I got my start. Um I'll try to keep this as short as I can because I hope to provide value to your audience as opposed to just talking about me. Um I used to think like it didn't matter, but it does because now that I've become more influential in the world, really being able to tell your story matters. So please, if you're out there watching this, don't discount your story because it's how people will ultimately identify with you and decide if they want to do business with you or somebody else with all things being equal. So I got my start um, years ago when I was in the multi-level marketing industry, right? Like MLM, oh my God. Well, it paid us six figures in revenue over a few years. We made a full-time living at it. I used to have a strength training business. I used to teach people how to work out. I used to be about 20 pounds more muscular than I am today. Um, But my business started to fail because I didn't know how to market. And so uh, I decided, well, I I need to find something I can learn the art of marketing. And so I started doing multi-level marketing on a part-time basis because all I had to worry about was marketing. I didn't have to worry about fulfillment, any of that crap. And so we built a a multi-thousand person organization across the globe and we did it all through like old school methodology right without using any really online strategies just kind of the good old telephone um but then we started messing around with google and i started messing around with google local and um, i was able to get a a local maps uh, a local map listing to rank in my geography and still to this day, even though it's been over a decade, I get an occasional phone call or two every single month for people looking for the actual product. Um, so we were in legal shield or prepaid legal services. Uh, they just actually cut us a $14,000 residual income check recently, which was really badass. Um, but so anyway, I uh, started messing around with the online stuff and I was like, how do I do more online stuff? And I just realized after a little while, multi-level marketing wasn't gonna build me something with equity that I could potentially sell later. And so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start doing some local SEO stuff. And so I bought a course, right? Imagine that I invested in a course and I was like, man, I hope this works. Cause I was leaving like, you know, an industry that was doing pretty well, but I thought I could grow something in the internet marketing space. And so I launched a company called Local Business Rockstar. And the way I got my start is I went out to some local networking events and I basically connected with a few people. And I said, hey, I'll sit down and offer to help you, you know, just kind of with some free stuff. And I basically had a carpet cleaning guy that said, hey, I'll give you my business. And so we decided to optimize six locations in the Phoenix area. And I had no idea if I could actually fulfill. Right. So hopefully that's lesson number one is like ready, fire and then aim. Right. So I basically sold this guy on a four figure monthly deal that hopefully I could get him local SEO results and I was all predicated on the fact that I was going to implement what I was learning in this course, right? So I could have wound up with just egg on my face really bad. But long story short, in about two months, it worked. We ranked them. We ended up ranking them in multiple locations. They stayed with us for six years till they sold their business. And that's kind of how I got my start in the industry. And then along the way, I ran into Ivan Budimir, who had a really cool image optimization hack that they I leveraged and uh, basically it was pretty cool. It still kind of works to this day, just not in the same level. Um, but that's kind of how I got my start. And so we started to, to kind of like increase our influence. And I actually got a cease and desist letter from a company that was claiming that we were infringing on their um, national registered trademark. So that's lesson number two, learn from my mistakes. If you're planning on building a successful business, right make sure you do a little bit of intellectual property to make sure you protect yourself and so that's ultimately the genesis of why i created the brand of biz famous um, one because we were expanding outside the world of local anyway and so we've worked with some national brands we helped one of our clients become the number two best-selling book on all of amazon for a day across the entire planet number two book all of amazon not for the category the entire planet um, and so now today, like I write for entrepreneur.com, uh, have, I've written for Huffington Post, Thrive Global, uh, business, newswire.net. And so that's kind of where we're at today and i uh, excited to hopefully share some great information with you guys and look forward to launching a couple of, uh, information products and, uh, um, software coming soon. A couple of softwares maybe.
1: Nice. Um, and yeah, and I think this is a good time too for everyone watching. If you know, if you already had or if you now have questions for Eric, be sure to pop them onto the event page, and uh, we'll, as time allows, we'll relay those over to him. But uh, also on Monday, we're going to be having, or uh, you're invited to a webinar. We're going to be sending out some emails shortly to find out uh, what Eric's been working on uh, recently. Which, um, uh, do you want to tell people a little bit about this? I think people from our mastermind might already know this, but I, again, I'll let you describe it. Uh.
3: Well, I so the last few years, like, again, I, I, I would discount my story, I would really kind of like, hey, if I just cut to the meat and just like deliver some amazing content, like that will make a difference. And it does, of course. But if <clears throat> but today's in today's age, my wife has a business called biz tuition. And she teaches business owners how to overcome the challenge of infobesity. So I don't know if any of you guys have heard of the word infobesity before, but information overload, right? So it's like, oh my God, everybody and their mother's coming into the digital marketing space. There's really no barrier to entry. It's become like when I first got started, like, man, it was so easy to rank. Like you could do so many different tricks and like hacks and tactics and strategies and make things happen overnight. And today it's just not as easy as it used to be. And in a way it's good because it gets rid of the people that don't have skills. Um, In a way it's bad because it makes it harder to get started. And so during my journey, I was able to help to understand like neuropsychology, how to create influence, because ultimately I knew no matter how good I was at SEO, if I couldn't get and especially, I mean, it depends on what your objective is. If you're doing affiliate marketing, it's not that big a deal to be able to necessarily know how to sell, right? I still think it does because you still need to be able to communicate the value proposition, why someone should buy your affiliate program
1: versus someone else. Well, oh okay. yeah, getting this getting the traffic there's part of the battle then you got to convert it. So
3: right and that yeah. comes back to influence, right? How do you create influence and so over the last half decade? I've really invested a lot of my education in in developing influence That's why I decided to actively seek out how I was able to get people like Ariana Huffington and invite me to write for Huffington Post and then the folks at entrepreneur, right? And ultimately, which is a really cool story. I don't even know if, I think I might've told you this, Bradley, maybe not, but I was actually just on the set of Shark Tank about actually two months today. it's my two month anniversary where I was invited onto the set of Shark Tank and got to interview all the sharks, right? All the guest sharks. And we've had to keep it kind of under wraps just because we signed an NDA until the the new season premieres and all that good stuff. Um, And so... Ultimately what are we doing in the world of marketing? What are we doing in the world of SEO is we're trying to create Influence and so the project that I've been working on now for quite some time and that we're finally decided to kind of Do like a a publicly releasing it is how to influence Google to recommend Your brand to people who are actively searching for your products and services online And so I'll kind of get into more of that as we get on to the end um, because I just want to make sure that like, I want to ask, you know, hopefully ask or answer questions if anybody has questions, um, or just kind of talk at a little bit of a macro level on like where kind of SEO and marketing is going.
1: Cool. Well, I mean, that's, uh, basically what was on my mind. So let's kind of roll into that. Like, where do you see, and this is a free form question and, um, anyone else that feels like chiming in feel free, but (laughs) Eric, where do you see as uh, you know, there's so many subtopics, but between SEO and digital marketing in the next couple of years, what do you see like an area of being that you think people should pay attention to or something that they should know or um, something like that? I'm always curious what people see as like the coming, a coming trend or what they think is important.
3: Well, I think we're all starting to experience that already with RankBrain, right? For those of you that are more hardcore SEO folks. And really that's just Google's fancy branded way of saying artificial intelligence, right? Virtual reality. And so ultimately like that's the path of where it's going. And a lot of the practices of traditional SEO are slowly being phased out in my opinion by Google and other search engines. Other search engines will probably hopefully catch up someday, right? Um, Or they'll get acquired by Google, which Mozilla did. But it's going to it's going to progress to where, you know, in my opinion, like my big prognostication, not that it's really like epically like insightful, but it, but Google's been ever since it started, it was easy to kind of game the whole link industry. Right. Like basically, I remember when I was able to rank back in the day, local and local Internet marketing, we were ranked number five nationally in the United States for it. And we were outranking Yodel, which at the time was like a two hundred and fifty three million dollar company. And at the time, it was just me, myself, and I outranking them, right? And all we did was just kind of like exact match, anchor text, backlinks. You do that today, you're you're toast, right? And so Google is slowly shifting its emphasis away from anything that can really be manipulated or orchestrated, and it's moving you know more into the realm of artificial intelligence based on signals that it's getting from users. And I just see that in the next five, ten years that I don't know if Google ever get completely away from links. I think they still use links as a way to kind of connect the dots in its algorithm, but ultimately like, and maybe you guys are seeing this or maybe you guys want to interject your thoughts on this as a group of fellow experts of, you know, how much have you seen over the last couple of years where packed links are becoming less and less of a ranking factor and you're seeing user metrics becoming more and more, Uh, More important in terms of results.
0: I uh, absolutely 100% agree with that. Um, You know, one of the things that we've seen, especially in the last year alone, is how you can rank almost entirely with just engagement signals. Um, And we proved that with YouTube videos. That's kind of been known for quite some time. But now, even so, with um, especially since the mobile first index took over, which was just last month in July, like with our GMB, our local GMB Pro. Uh, methods and w- what we teach in that course, and we're also um, developing a done-for-you service for that right now. That's exactly what we're doing, right? We're we're speaking directly to the mobile-first algorithm with the and giving it engagement or giving it signals and activity, which then Google serves to users and gives exposure to that business to mobile users that are in close proximity. That are doing any sort of related type of search. Whether we're showing in rank trackers or not, it doesn't make any difference. We're still getting exposure and activity engagement from mobile device users. Again, whether rank trackers show at ranking or not, it's independent or regardless of ranking. And, uh, and and the only way to explain that is because it's Google using going more and more towards engagement and user signals as opposed to what like what Eric just said, which was backlinks and some of the old more traditional stuff. And uh, it's been quite incredible to see the kind of results that we're able to get with with um, with an absence of backlinks, right? We're not even needing to use backlinks, and a lot of times what we're using for backlinks now are other Google properties, right? We're using Drive stacks or Google Drive files and folders and such to backlink. Obviously, press releases are still my preferred bankli- uh, backlinking method at the moment, um, and then just content syndication, which usually has an attribution link that points back to the original source and those are pretty much the only three link building methods we we really teach <laughs> and it works so
3: oh and I'm just glad, so glad you talked about syndicating content today actually I don't even know if I've actually shared this like really kind of publicly but I'm gonna totally dispel the whole myth of of the duplicate content penalty.
0: Oh God please do because you know how many times we have to answer that question right here on Hunt Day Hangouts.
3: <laughs> Can I do a quick screen share and I'll actually show you an example. Please yeah, let's do yeah, it please Let me, um, let me open up a new incognito window here. All right. So hopefully I can just remember this off the top of my head because this wasn't on my, necessarily on my agenda. So how to treat infobesity. Okay. How to treat overload, information overload in three simple steps, right? Ranking number one. This is my wife who wrote the article, who's a successful entrepreneur in her own right. And you can see here, I'll just kind of highlight some of this, right? So if you've ever been in blah, 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 right? So I'm going to go ahead and copy that. And then I'm going to come here and do another search. And the search query is... Oh, I know what it is. Infobesity Epidemic. Right? So the only thing different is the title. Everything else is exactly the same. Right? Now I'm not sitting here saying that you can like replicate these results because one of this is on Huffington Post. The other article is on Entrepreneur right? So super high authority, trustworthy websites. But basically just by changing the title only, we were still able to rank number one. And again, that's not super competitive keywords. It's not like weight loss or anything like that, right? So for those of you that are going to sit there and be like, like in a more competitive marketplace, sure, it may be harder to rank, but it's not being penalized. That's my whole point. So hopefully that dispels that myth
0: and and that's because it's on a different do domain, right? And that's the thing. People say duplicate content, and duplicate content does exist, but that's typically when it's on the same domain. Um, if you have the same article posted in the, on the on a domain, like for example, that's how tags guys can get you into trouble with WordPress sites. Because if you have a unique tag on on a on a blog post, then WordPress by default will create a tag page, and if you have those set to index, then Google your the tag page will index, and the tag page looks. It's the it, when you click on the tag archive page for that particular tag. If it's a singular tag that's only been attached to one blog post, that tag URL will be an exact replica of the uh, the the post itself, right? Depending on the theme, sometimes it'll be a snippet, but most of the time it'll be the entire um, article, the entire post. The diff- the only difference is the URL. Everything else will be the exact same, and that's that can cause duplicate penal- or duplicate content penalties or issues. For a site, if you don't know how to use tags, either set your tags to no index, or uh, make sure that you're using more common tags that have that occur on more than one post. And that way, when the tag archive page gets pulled up, it's like a blog index page. It shows all of the posts that contain that or have that same tag. And so that wouldn't be duplicate content. But when you have a singular tag, it can be. And so again, that that's. That's where duplicate content issues come up, not on different domains. Otherwise, press releases wouldn't work. And that's typically, by the way, Eric. That's what usually what we use as the go-to example for uh, duplicate content. Because press releases, we all know, work incredibly well. And it's the same damn article getting picked up by three, four, five hundred different, um, you know, syndication partners. So,
3: yeah, we're huge fans of press releases as well. Um, one of the ways actually, we ended up working together. Um, with Ivan beyond the initial course was he ended up going and doing some work with a news release company called newswire.net and uh, which is still a super powerful way to be able to you know to get good links on there I think that they still charge for access to it but it's a it's a great it's a great solid platform in addition to some of the other resources that I know you guys make available to to your community so because even though I don't get a chance to watch every hunt they hang out I do sneak in
1: every once in a while
0: (laughs) kind of
3: spy lurk
0: in the background (laughs)
1: <laughs> cyber stalking, right? <laughs> it's good. It's always nice to hear that. We, it's funny. We talk to a lot of people and just, I mean, I think all of us do the same. You know, you've got shows or podcasts you listen to. And then it, it's funny sometimes to have people on like, oh yeah, I've
2: been listening to this off and on for years. Like, wow. Okay. Hey, good. <laughs> well, oh, absolutely. Just, yeah, just a, just a, some of our beginners don't get mixed up, right? Back on the, on this back, back linking thing. Traditional or old school backlinking is, is is what we're differentiating, right? We're not saying that that Google doesn't look at links because everything that that, that the latest uh, distance graph algorithm update did was talk about links, but it talked about what what Bradley and 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 uh, Erock mentioned, which is. It measures activity on the link. It measures relevance on the on the link, and it measures trust and authority. And again, you know, you guys have heard me say this. It takes place on the source of the link, and on where the link is directed, right? So it takes a look at both, and it takes at everything that's linking to that. So it's not that links are obsolete. It's now the way that Google is looking at links and the value that Google is placing on links that are. Untrusted and authoritative websites, and I'm not talking about third party metrics, of course. I'm not talking about trust flow, I'm not talking about the domain authority, none of that garbage. Everything is out the window. Only Google knows what Google measures, but we know generally what it measures because we have the math. We have the math on the patent, we have everything that they say about the patent, what and and what they're looking at. So I'm glad that this is being brought up and that we're differentiating, right? <clears throat> link building still works. But you have to go further out. You have to go out and in, in, into tiered link building. I don't want to get into that cuz you know that's higher level. But again, art, activity relevance trust and authority. That's what you need to be looking at when you're looking at links going to and coming I mean going to your website and going from your website to wherever. That's where you have to be really careful and pick and choose uh, the links that you're getting.
3: Yeah, one of the biggest mistakes that I think I see a lot of people make is that they don't emphasize link building in the natural order of things. And that's something that I'll be talking about in greater detail in the webinar on Monday and why you, because I've always looked, and, and this is going back years ago, right? But I've always looked at Google from a perspective of Google's a girl, right? Like, if you haven't heard anybody else say that, I'm telling you now, Google's a girl, right? She loves to dance, right? All right. She wants to know that she can trust you. She's going to basically give you favor if you're more popular than not, right? So Google's a girl, and you have to basically influence her to want to, to date you and then hopefully end up marrying you, right? This is a great
1: analogy. I've actually somehow never heard this. You've never heard this before? <laughs> I, oh my! God. I haven't. Have you guys? <laughs> I, I literally haven't.
0: Yeah, it's, just, it's like courting right, a woman, so yeah.
1: So if you move too
3: quick, you're going to get the slap, right? So I can go on to this whole, like, I've had arguments with girls who are like, no, Google's a man. I'm like, and they're done. And they're like, okay, you're right. Google's a girl, right? <laughs> so the whole point of influencing Google is if you do things in the right order in the way that Google wants it, and if you're smart about it, you can do some of the black hat things that can basically they're like the dirty stuff right it's like oh, i'm public in public we do the white hat stuff when we're in the bedroom we, we want to do some of the, <laughs> the black hat stuff the naughty stuff right <laughs> so the key is is how do you get that progress in the right order right and and i and that's a great analogy for what i'm going to talk about in the training right but if you're like the, you go out on the first date and even if you get to go back and you do get to go back to the house on the first date and you get in the bedroom right you better watch out doing the super kinky stuff because then like that girl's gonna kick out we all know that's common sense and google's the same way right so i think one of the biggest mistakes that people are making is not looking at it from a kind of like a, a thirty thousand foot view of how the progression would look right and then so we get caught up in tactics Right. And there's an w- amazing amount of cool tactics that are out there, but it needs to blend in with an overall strategy. And that's one of the things that I appreciate about you guys is that you test stuff and then the tactic. You know, and I, and I, there's a lot of people doing like single variable testing type stuff in the, in the marketing world. And that's great. But what it's not accounting for, again, as a tactic, it works. But what it's not accounting for is dependencies just because something works in a single variable test in and of itself doesn't mean when it's combined with two other algorithmic factors, it's going to have the same effect. Right. Right. And I don't want to get into any specifics on this because there's a lot of smarter people with scientific backgrounds than me. Right. I just know if I do the things that I think that Google is looking for. Right. And you talked about like Google Drive stacks. Right. And I'll, I'm putting it out there. I'll argue with anybody, but I, I would consider myself to be the godfather of, custom my maps, right? I was able to get a custom my maps to rank on my own. No one taught it to me. I discovered it purely on accident just by testing stuff out. And it was back in the day when you could get do follow links, you could put exact match anchor text in it. Unbelievable, right? And I didn't share with anybody for years until actually the first SEO rock stars that I shared it with. And then after that, another group who was supposed to be secret but it ended up getting out. And I'm sure there's other people might've discovered it too, but we were doing, I was doing that stuff back in 2011. Why? Because I knew, hey, um, here's a good example. If you look at Google as like a, a bunch of sisters, right? Well, hey, if you do things and you're super nice to one of the sisters, is the other sister going to like you too? Right? Oh, he's so handsome. He's so nice. He's so gentlemanly. He does such nice things. It says nice things. So Google loves its own properties. We were using Google... different properties years ago like Mm -hmm. over half a decade ago before i would call it a little bit more commonplace right and so my whole focus is like that whole wayne gretzky thing right if you're familiar with wayne gretzky it's not where the puck it's like good players know where the puck is the great players know where the puck is going and right now the thing that i want to train on with like and talk about like on the, the session on monday is where's the puck going to be going and how can you position your business to take advantage of that right so that you can be ahead literally a lot ahead of other people that are in the space because yeah. that's what it's going to take and i'm also making another prediction my other big pronostication is that if all you do is seo right you're gonna to struggle to grow a big business yep. if you're trying to build an agency.
0: Well, I, right. SEO is kind of encompassed. Like we use that kind of more like a overall encompassing term now because it, to be an, an effective SEO, you need to do content marketing. You need to be you know know about content marketing and social media and engagement and PPC and uh, PR marketing and reputation. I mean, there's so many th- components now to being an SEO. It's not just search engine optimization anymore, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree. Um, I actually have an article. I don't know if I, I'm sure it's probably still there.
1: Real quick, while you're looking for that, I'm just, uh, I'm the timekeeper today. So we got to wrap this up in a minute or two. But um, while uh, you're looking for that, Eric, I just want to let everyone know, if you got any questions uh, for Eric, go ahead, pop them on the event page. I know there's a little bit of a delay. Uh, and then in a minute or two, we're going to hop over and uh, we'll start going through. We'll start on questions. questions.
0: But I do want to expand just very briefly on what you, uh, Eric was saying about you know the Wayne Gretzky analogy and where the puck is going to be like where where is it going? And that's kind of what we're trying to accomplish with Pofu live guys is um, is really identify where some people's business should be going and where it should be heading in order to position. That's what Pofu live position the fuck you. It's all about positioning. And so that's a, that's entirely what the event's going to be about is how to position your business to be in a really good place to scale um, with all the changes coming. So I'm sorry, Yurok, I got it locked on you. What were you about to show?
3: No, I was just going to show an article that I wrote. I think it's, it's from almost two, well, actually it's, oh, it was updated 2017. This is before they kicked everybody off the Huffington Post platform. Actually the original article was three years, almost three years ago, right? But I was sitting there talking about how like SEO is changing and like usability is, and this is a software that helps you to measure, you know, heat maps and usability on sites. I was talking about this stuff three years ago, as far as like where stuff was going, right? So I'm just sharing this with with you, because one of the things that I hope to do in the training coming up is show you how to create influence. And and you guys are, are watching this right now, like you guys should be like, just hanging on these guys's Uh, arms, right? And and, and be on their coattails, because what they're what they subtly have done with you get rid of this is they over the last four years have like exhibited and have been eating their dog food, not just by like learning SEO tactics and strategies, but by building a community, right? And before you could do certain things that would allow you to kind of get clients and you could kind of do some outreach type stuff. And that, some of that stuff still works, but it's just a lot harder, mm-hmm. right? So one of the big takeaways that you're going to want to do, and my wife talks about this a lot, is that if you really want to grow a successful business of any kind, you're going to want to create a community. And I know that's like, oh, well, what? No, like, that's not magical, but it's tough, right? And so it goes back to like, hey, these guys have been doing this for four years to be able to build the momentum, to be able to like, continue to go through that. And one of the things that I'm going to teach on the training on Monday is if you're brand new or you you feel like you don't have a lot of experience in terms of like getting clients or building a successful business, one of the things I'm going to talk to you about is how to coattail off of other people's authority to build your authority so that you can take your business to the next level. And why am I showing you articles that I've written for Huffington Post and for Entrepreneur? And why am I talking about the fact that I like I have pictures of me with Mark Cuban and Laurie Grenier, right? Because I'm leveraging their authority. And by default, if you respect those people, hopefully you respect me too. Hopefully as a result, hopefully you respect me that the fact that I'm here with the Semantic Mastery team, hopefully imparting some, some minor wisdom to those of you that are participating. And so... I'll show you how you can leverage that step by step to help you get where you want to go. And then I'm also going to, as we're because we kind of need to wrap this up, right? Um Yeah, just move into
1: the QA. But yeah, if there's I'll anything else to it.
3: Q&A, and then I'll highlight what I was going to talk about a little bit at the end of kind of like the what the big sexy is. Huh. Right. I'm going to show we you something. No. I'm going to show you something that's going to get Google to want to take you to bed.
0: thanks for listening if you're looking for the best place to get started with your seo and digital marketing then the seo battle plan is just what you need visit www.battleplan.semanticmastery.com to grab your copy along with the free bonuses exclusively for battle plan members